In your hearing today, I want to read one verse of Scripture and let you be seated. Provided you will preach with me. Amen. I know everything we do here is a little bit active up to this point, and it's easy to kind of, after this point, but we're not done with the service yet, and so I just want to give you a pastoral reminding uh, that we, we want to participate and continue to participate past the worship service. Amen. So the same way you clapped during the songs and you lifted your hands and you sang, amen. Now it's time to hear the word of God and every once in a while say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If I say something good, would you say amen? Would you let me know that we're doing okay? Amen. Let's talk back to one another. Praise God. Amen. In your hearing today while you're yet standing, Acts 15 and 28. For it seemed good. Everybody say it was good. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. To the Holy Ghost and to us. I want to preach to you today, better together. Better together. You may be seated. Lord bless you. Thank you again for being in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. God's been working on us here at Calvary. Amen. He is still working on us and I'm thankful for that. Amen. I never want to, uh, of course I heard the term when I was young and my mom would say it to me, I never want to be too big for my britches. Anybody ever got told that? Don't be too big for your britches. Church, we can never get too big for God to do a work in our lives. Remember that old Sunday school song, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. God is still working on us. And God's working on us, Calvary. He's been working on us lately. And our potential can only truly be reached if we structure our life and relationships according to the Word of God. One of these things that he's been showing us lately, and and if you've been able to be in the adult class on Wednesdays or watch online, I encourage you, even if you're in another class, hyphen, youth, teachers, and the rest of the classes... You need to go on and watch the services on Wednesday. Amen. That's not me saying that's good preaching. That's me saying we need to take the journey and we need to hear the word of the Lord. Now on Sundays, I intentionally gear the services. We intentionally position ourselves to reach every heart, including our guests, including our visitors, and we want to reach them with a move of God. Amen. Sundays are intentional that way. And we want a move of the Spirit on Sundays. And that's not to say the Spirit of God can't move on, on Wednesdays. But on Wednesdays, we intentionally gear it a little bit different. We plow a little bit different on Wednesdays. Can I get an amen in the house? We go a little bit deeper. And we let the Word of God do what it wants to do in our lives. How many know Jesus said that we need to be a church full of the Spirit 
and truth. We don't just need spirit. We need truth. And we don't just need truth. We need spirit. Hallelujah. It's a balance of both. And we need both. They're not conflicting. It's not a battle against. One's not better than the other. The two complement one another. The two come together and make us fully uh, mature and make, cause us to grow in the Lord. So we need the Spirit. So on Sundays when the move of the Spirit, you ought to take a drink in the Holy Ghost. You ought to get refreshed in the Holy Ghost. You ought to let the Spirit move in your life and just, just let that Holy Ghost resonate and, and permeate into your soul and in your spirit. But on Wednesdays, you ought to open your mind and your spirit and your heart and receive a word from the Lord and let your roots go deeper. I said let your roots go deeper. And that only happens through the Word of God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> One of the things that he's been <clears throat> causing us to reach a greater potential on Wednesdays in our adult class, he's been telling us lately to put on our armor. Put on the armor of God. And let me just pause here and remind some of us, we do have church on Wednesdays. Whoops. And it starts at 7. He says to suit up with the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. In fact, three times in Ephesians chapter 6, he says put on the whole armor of God. That means there's more than one piece, but we're supposed to put it together. <laughs> put on the many pieces, bring it together to do something that in and of itself separately could never do. But when you bring it together, it's the whole armor of God. And Paul says, if you'll put on the whole armor of God, you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you got to put the armor together. Everybody say together. Hallelujah. The breastplate is great, but you need a belt too. The helmet is great, but you got to have shoes. The sword is great, but you got to have a shield. And you got to put them together to put on the whole armor of God. Each one individually is powerful, but when you bring the whole armor together, you're now uh, set up and poised to do battle against the enemy. I read a quote from an ancient Greek philosopher named Aristotle. He said, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. You ever heard that? The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And so sometimes we look at something individually and we give it a value. And, a, and yet if you added the value of each thing separately, you would get one total if you were to put a value on each thing. And yet I, I uh, submit to your hearing today that the, the, the sum of those parts is far greater than the individual value that you would add together. You say, where are you going with this? The body of Christ is no different than the armor that we put on. Many different pieces bring together to be the whole armor of God. But can I tell you, the body of Christ is many members, but they have to come together. <laughs> and you're better together. 
You say, I'm pretty good on my own. Well, good luck with that. And you might be great on your own, but you'll never, hear me, you'll never reach your potential that God has for you on your own. God made you to be fitly joined together. God made you to be hooked up and linked up and, and, and connected with someone else. And it's called the body of Christ. It was never the will of God that you serve God disconnected, disjointed, disenfranchised. Never been the will of God that you do it on your own, isolated. Never been the will of God. But it's the will of God that you link up with the church. In fact, if you're going through a storm, it's the will of God that every once in a while you come up front and say, I need prayer. It's okay. The Bible says, call for the elders. Call for the elders and let them anoint you. Amen. Sometimes we got to reach out one to another. You're not so good that you don't need someone else. You might be pretty good, but the Bible says none of us are that good. We are many members. Hallelujah. I read an acronym for TEAM, T-E-A-M. Together, everyone achieves more. When you come together in a team effort, you'll achieve more than if you'd have tried it on your own. And we've got too many Lone Rangers, too many people out there doing it by themselves and thinking, well, it's just the cross I have to bear. No, sometimes that's our ego because we won't ask for help. Sometimes that's our pride because we won't ask for help from somebody. We won't submit ourselves to the body of Christ. It's not your cross to bear to walk this thing alone. God puts you fitly joined in the body of Christ. He puts you in the body of Christ. You're not supposed to do this on your own. Hallelujah. That is not your cross to bear. Hallelujah. You're supposed to be connected. And I came up with my own acronym for team. Team effort achieves miracles. I kind of like that one. You put, you put faith together with faith and you link up and what feels like impossible, now suddenly where two people touching any one thing, it shall be done unto you. But you got to come together and speak over that thing. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 12 it says, for as one body, or I'm sorry, as, uh, for as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 14, for the body is not one member but many. And Matthew 18 and 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, what's he say? I'm going to be in the midst. When you come together... Let me just tell you, there's something powerful about coming together. Because you won't make it as far on your own. You might be spectacular and amazing. But you're not going to make it as far on your own as what you would if you were connected. I had a great conversation this week over breakfast. And we just got to talking about coming together. There is something, and I tell you, in this day and age, who knew the pandemic would expose uh, such a, a, a weakness within the church but it disconnected us and it created this little convenient loophole that, oh, I can watch the service later. I'll just catch you another time. And so people stopped coming to church. 
stop coming to life class, stop participating in church, and I'll even say, based on the views that I see on Facebook, they're not watching online either. And that is a trick of the enemy to make you think that you can do church and you can get your fix in Jesus by clicking on a video every once in a while. I got good news. I don't care who you're watching. I don't care what pastor. He may be a worldwide known uh, conference speaker. But I'm telling you what, watching something online is not the same thing as getting to church. Hallelujah. There's something about unity. There's something about coming together. And by the way, I'll just go ahead and say sometimes it is inconvenient. Because you could be doing something else. Sure you could. But the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Even more so as the day of his appearing is coming. We got to get to church and get together. You say, why is that so important? There's something about coming together with believers and connecting that we don't get by clicking on a video. That might be a great message and you might get something, a sound bite, and it might minister to you. But I'm sorry, you did not get together with them. You watched a video and you heard some sound bites. And I'm not minimizing videos. Can I tell you, I'm glad we have video today. And I believe if the disciples were alive today, they'd be using it. Use every means possible to reach everybody. I think we ought to reach everybody. But church especially to the household of faith. Now I'm preaching to us that are in the church. If you know better, you ought to be in church. I said, if you can be in the house of God, you ought to be in church. Because there's a principle that the enemy would like to come in in this day and age and make us think that we can navigate life without ever connecting with anybody. Good luck. There's something that just happens when we come together. Life gets easier. You say, well, that hasn't been my experience. I got together with folks and life got harder. Well, that's sometimes just life. And sometimes that's just iron sharpening iron. And maybe, maybe some of us need a little bit of sharpening to come together. But that's not what we're really talking about. There's a, there's a benefit to coming together where life gets easier when we join up and hook up. Hallelujah. When we link up. Would you put up that picture? And I've shown this before, but I just like it. And I, I just want to show it again. Picture of the geese. I just love how geese fly together. They fly in a V pattern, not because it's cool. They didn't get together and say, hey, what pattern do you think the humans down there will think is cool? V. Okay, V's have it. We're going to fly in a V. They're not flying because a V is cool up in the air. Oddly enough, geese have figured out that it's more efficient to fly in an aerodynamic pattern instead of everyone doing their own thing. So notice, those geese are ex exactly the same offset from each other with one being in the front. And by the way, there is no leader. They take turns. 
They take turns. And when the front one is taking all that headwind, gets tired, they'll back off and come around and somebody else will get up in there. But they fly in that formation. Why? Because they figured out they can do 40% more if they do it together than if they tried to just fly on their own. And by the way, they also call out to each other. That quacking and, and going on up there, you, you wonder what they're doing. Have you ever seen a, a flock of geese go by and you hear that whack, 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 and they're just calling out. You know what they're doing? They're calling out to each other. In our terms, they're cheering each other on. We ought to get together and cheer each other on more. We ought to get behind somebody and say, go, you can do it. We're praying for you. We believe in you. I've been through that too. Let's, let's quack a little bit to each other and, and cheer each other on. On your own, by yourself, you'll do well to reach 60% of your dreams that would be spectacular on your own. But if you get together, there's 40% less resistance. Amen. There's something powerful about coming together and linking up in the church. You, the same dream that God's given you, you'll do it better because you got sister so-and-so praying for you. You'll do it better because you got brother so-and-so checking on and praying for you. You'll reach your goals because you're linked up. But there's a spirit of this world that says, oh, you don't have to do that. After all, we live in the digital world. You can just have church online. Well, and I'm not minimizing. There are some cases where if you're sick and shut in and you can't make it to the house of the Lord, I'm glad we have video. I'm glad if you're checking us out and you're a, a guest online and you're looking at a church and, and you're going online to see who's doing what, that's great. You keep doing that. But at some point, you got to get to church. At some point, you got to get back to church. At some point, you got to get linked up together with the body of Christ. Huh. God dreams require being together. You know, the Bible talks about prayer. And I believe we ought to have a solo prayer. There ought to be an individual prayer. And the Bible talks about that. There ought to be an individual solo prayer where we go into prayer and it's just us and God and dealing with personal, private things that we are dealing with. But every man, every woman, every boy, every girl ought to get comfortable with going into a time of personal, solo prayer. And this world is missing that. Hallelujah. We still got to talk to our God and let him minister to us. We still got to steal away to the secret place. Amen. We still got to shut, be shut in with God. Hallelujah. There's nothing like an individual solo prayer. There's nothing like times when you're alone in that prayer time. Just you and God and He can speak in a still small voice. There's nothing like God getting into the recesses and the deep places. But He can only do that if you get alone with God. There is a time for solo, private, individual prayer. Hallelujah. And church, we got to be that church that knows how to pray. Even David said this in Psalms 34 and 1. He said, I 
will bless the Lord at all times. I, solo, individual, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. David says there's an individual solo prayer. But how many know there's also that special power that comes in when we bring prayer into the corporate setting? Where it's no longer just me and my, but it's us and ours. And we begin to pray prayers that begin to shake the foundations. Where by myself, I'm just dealing with me, but I can link up with the church and we can begin to bring kingdoms down. And we can begin to come against the the rulers of the darkness and principalities and powers because we're linked up together with a corporate body, with another prayer warrior, with another believer. Though there's things that happen when we don't just solo prayer or individually prayer, but we we come together and we begin to pray together. Hallelujah. Two verses later after the one we just read, David also says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. <laughs> now it's no longer I will bless the Lord. He says, now join with me together. Come with me and let's magnify the Lord together. Let us exalt his name together. The same David that said you ought to do it individually and privately. He goes deep and he says we also got to do it collectively. We've got to come together and be connected. Why? Because we are better together. There is an onslaught from the enemy that wants to disconnect people and make them feel like they are alone. And guess what? There's a lot of people buying into it. Buying into the, that, that negative fear uh, mongering that he purveys and he sends out. And he will get you isolated so quick. And I've also noticed that the same individuals that will pull away on a private level and and be the victim, they stop being faithful to the house of God. Oh, well, you don't understand, Pastor, this, that, and the other. Sure, sure. And it happens. But there will always be reasons that the enemy will give us to miss the house of God. So I've come today to be a sounding alarm When the doors of the house of God are open, we need to be in the house of God. I said, when the doors are open, we need to be faithful to the house of God. Well, pastor, I pray in my private. That's great, but that's not what we're currently talking about. You need to pray on on your own time. You need to be uh, stealing away with God every day. But when the house of God is open, you ought to be in the house of God to connect with the body of Christ. Oh, yes, that may not be popular, but I have to preach it because God told me to today. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'm in the midst. Where two or three, that's us, that's together. That's more than one. Hallelujah. When we make coming together every week in the house of the Lord a priority, not an afterthought, Not just, oh, if I get to or if something comes up, I might. Or if I got this or that or the other. And, well, it depends. And, and by the way, listen, uh, you knew when church was when you started scheduling things. I said you knew when church was when you started putting things on your schedule. Whoops. We got to make church a priority. 
And let me tell you why. Here's what nobody tells you. Because it's in the, it's in the house of God where you're planted. I said it's in the house of God where your roots go deeper. I'm not minimizing your personal walk with God and your personal prayer life. But it's in the house of God where your roots go deeper in God. And there's a reason why some people never quite break free from the enemy pushing them around and calling the shots because they don't allow themselves to be planted in the house of God. Psalms 92 and 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. That means be rooted, securely connected. Oh, friend, there's a, there's a blessing in the house of the Lord. When you faithfully come to the house of the Lord and come together, hallelujah, there's a blessing that you won't find on a YouTube video. There's a blessing in the house. There's a blessing with the people of God. Hallelujah. And yes, you can watch my lessons online if you want to. But there's something about taking the journey together with the people of God. You might be listening to all the same sermons, but you're not taking the journey with the people of God. Hallelujah. There's something about connecting and being together. And by the way, when you come together, we have to submit ourselves one to another. We're submitted one to another. There's no big I's and little U's. We're the body of Christ and we're submitted to one another. And when we're not faithful to the house of God, we're not submitted to one another. Oh, Families, hear me. Calvary, hear me. I'm submitted to you, so i got to come to church next time the doors are open. I'm submitted to you. I'm accountable to you, and I want to win, and I want you to win. Hallelujah. Will you let me preach today and just stir you a little bit? Be in the house of God. Be in the house of God and take the journey with the people of God. That's where you'll be rooted and grounded. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. There's a blessing in the house of the Lord by being faithful when we come together. And when you stay away from the house of the Lord, watch what happens. Watch what happens when you stay away from the house of the Lord. Psalm 73 and 2, David says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. Huh. My steps had well nigh slipped. Verse 3, when I got distracted, he says, for I was envious of the foolish. I got my eyes off the church. I got my eyes off of God. And I got my eyes on foolish things. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. In other words, David was getting jealous. When you let a jealous spirit get on you because God happens to be blessing someone else. Let me help you today. Everybody's season is not together. And because you're facing a storm does not make you less. Don't let a spirit of jealousy come on you. Just because you're fighting a devil and somebody else is having a party. Everybody's season is not linked up. That's why we got to come together. And when you're in your trial, I got to come and say, oh, I'm praying for you. I've been there. And when I'm on the mountain, I got to look at other people and say, you may not be here, but I'm praying for you. 
And give it time, the roles will reverse. Give it time, the, the shoe will be on the other foot. Why? Because we backslid and did something wrong? No, because seasons change. And sometimes we go through storms. And that doesn't mean you sinned. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. Unless you did, check it out. Make sure you have your finger on the pulse of your spiritual decisions. You can't make dumb choices and then blame it on God. Hello. But every trial that comes in your life doesn't mean you did something wrong. It's just a season. Our dear lady of the church prophesied just a few minutes ago. No, it doesn't last forever. <laughs> Your storm's not going to last forever. That trial's not going to last forever. But you've got to be linked up. You've got to be together. Because you can't be everything God's called you to be if you're not together. David says in verse 17, But when I went to the house of the Lord... <laughs> But when I got to the sanctuary, my eyes were opened. It wasn't until David gets to the house of the Lord and he comes together that things started making sense in his life. Listen, you're never going to make sense of everything in your life until you see things through the presence of God. I don't care how much you talk in tongues, you will not perceive and understand everything the right way unless you're in the presence of God. Get to the house of the Lord. Get to the presence of God. Stop trying to do this on your own. You won't make it, but it's when we come together in the house of the Lord that things begin to make sense, David said. He said, I, I nearly slipped until I got to the house of the Lord. Can I tell you, church, without reservation, I need you and you need me. You need that sister you need that brother. You need this church. Oh, you're bold today. No, I'm not talking about ego or vanity. I'm talking about the church of God. I'm talking about his body, his priceless church that he bought and paid for. We need the church. Oh, yes, we do. Because there's power in the church. There's power in unity. Acts 15 and 28, we read, it seemed good to us. He didn't say it, it seemed good to me. It seemed good to us. There was a power of coming together. There's power in us. Amen. We are supposed to come together. There's power in agreement. I read it a minute ago, where any two touching one thing, it shall be done unto them. Be careful what you get in agreement with, because there's power in agreement. There's a story in the Bible where they came against the disciples, and the multitude rose up against them, the Bible says. And they beat them, and they cast stones, and they put them in prison. That was agreement. Be careful what you get in agreement with. If somebody comes to you and starts talking about your church, you have a right to turn it off. If somebody comes to you and starts talking to you about another saint, you have a right to turn it off. 
Oh, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm sorry, I'm just going to tell some of us that like to do talking, you're hurting our feelings. Stop talking. Mama said, if you don't have anything good to say, stop talking. And I don't have anything in mind. I don't have any person in mind. But I feel led of the Holy Ghost right now to say, be careful what you get in agreement with. Oh, well, I respect this person. Well, I'm sorry. If they're talking bad about the church, bad about the pastor, bad about your member that you've been praying for, turn it off. Don't get in spiritual agreement with things that have no business in growing because agreement will cause it to grow. But you link up with somebody that humbly comes and says, I need prayer, sister. I need prayer, brother. Here's what I'm going through. Oh, let me link up with you. Let me just touch that right there in Jesus' name. And you, you two grab hands or lay your hands on your shoulders and, and in Jesus' name speak over that. Can I tell you, that's also agreement and anything can happen. Hallelujah. We've got to build up our most holy faith, not tear down, not undermine, not come in and get a cheap shot. Hallelujah. Will you let me pastor today? Will you let me preach today? Church, we got to come together in a spirit of unity and purity. We can't come together on the surface while we're biting on each other, talking about each other, knocking each other down posting things on Facebook. Stop. I heard one good saying, and I'm going to share this for free. You don't have to put another dollar in the offering. Let me think about how it goes so I get it right. Something to the effect, don't speak until you're healed. When you're injured... When you're injured, you speak differently because you think differently. And I'm not casting stones at anybody that's injured right now. If you're injured, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. I pray over every injured heart in this place. We don't condescend to any injury in this house. God, you you took stripes on your body for injuries. And we pray over every injury. God, let it be healed. Let every injury be healed. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing. Let there come a a Holy Ghost balm over every injury in this house. In the name of Jesus. We don't condescend to any injury in the room. But let me speak to injurious speech. When you're not healed in your heart, you speak from a position of injury. That's why you got to get to the house of God. Because I got news for you. This church isn't going to let you bleed out. I don't care what the devil's done to you. We're not going to let you bleed out. You're not going down on our watch. You're not going to be a victim. You're not going to be another statistic. We will pray for you. We will lift you up. We will heal you. But you got to get to the house of God. And you have to submit yourself to the house of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, there's power in coming together and power in agreement. That's why we got to be careful what we get in agreement with. 
our text said it seemed good to us. Powerful things happen when it becomes us. Did you notice about a year ago when us got together and we decided, yes, we feel it's God's will for us to purchase property out on the highway. We did not have all the finances in place, but a decision had to be made. We prayed about it, presented it to the board, presented it to the church, and by faith we said, yes, there's power in us. Guess what happened? When we got in agreement and we got together in, in agreement, in faith, within seven days we had raised all the money for that property. We bought it cash. We are debt free on the property. Hallelujah. Now we still got to build something out there. We got to do something with it. But you see the power of us coming together. Can I just speak prophetically into the future? I know we are upside down on what has to happen out there. And some moments I look at myself in the mirror and I think, Rick Shellhart, what the world are you doing? But I preached to you a couple weeks ago. God told me, yeah, I was president in a dream. And I was pastor of this huge church. But God told me in those dreams, he said, I put you in situations that are bigger than you so that you have to decide who you want to be. Huh. God putting you in a difficult situation is not always punishment. He's testing your mettle. He's testing your faith. He's testing you to see, okay, who do you want to be? Come together. Come together and believe God for something great. So prophetically, I just go ahead and speak over that property. I don't know how God's going to do it all, but God's going to give us a building out there. God's going to give us a 500-seat auditorium. God's going to give us a fellowship hall out on the highway. I believe it. And I partner with you in the Holy Ghost. You say, well, you're in charge. How's it going to be done? I don't know. And I'm in good company because Joshua didn't always know either. And Moses didn't always know either. Uh, but God did great things through them. Church, we've got great things ahead of us if we'll come together and believe together for greater things. Hallelujah. Things get, to, things get better when we come together. <clears throat> Bible says that we're not just better as us. Do you notice in our text though? It said it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. Us and the Holy Ghost. So I just want to, I'm not going to re-preach everything I just said. <laughs> I won't bore you with that. But let me just put a little asterisk on everything I just said. It only matters if we're in the Holy Ghost. I said it only matters if we come together with the Holy Ghost. Oh, we still need the move of the Holy Ghost in our church. 
And I don't care what program ideas you have, and we need them and want them. I don't care how other churches do it, and I bless them, and I'm glad they're doing it, and I'm glad there's big churches showing us smaller churches how it can be done. I'm thankful for all of that. But you know what? We don't need to just get busy mimicking and imitating other people. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. Because we can build as big as we want. We can have as big as we want. We can have all the programs. But if we don't have the Holy Ghost, we don't have anything. I said if we don't have a move of the Holy Ghost, we don't have anything. Hallelujah. He he said it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. Oh, it's good to come together. It's good to have unity between us. It's good to have community. And we need that. We need that connection in the body of Christ. But can I tell you, we need more than just us. We need more than a 500-seat auditorium filled. We need a 500-seat auditorium with the Holy Ghost moving. You see the difference? We don't just need a big church. We need a church with the Holy Ghost moving in our services. Hallelujah. So guess what? We don't have to wait till there's 500 here to have a move of the Holy Ghost. There was 120 on the day of Pentecost about what we run here. You can have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to have a big crowd. But you know what you do have to have? You got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's too many churches just coming together for program's sake or, or number's sake. We need more than that. We need more than just you and me. We're not that great. Let me speak for myself. I'm not that great. We're not anything special. Amen, church? But we are something amazing. When we get together under the Holy Ghost, we can do anything. Hear me, church. We can do anything when we get together in the Holy Ghost. Something about being connected. I want to show you what it looks like whenever the Holy Ghost starts moving in your church. When the Holy Ghost starts moving, people drive by your church and end up on your parking lot, like the West did. And they sat out there, the story goes, and said, something's going on in there. We're going back. And the next Sunday, they came back and have been here ever since. And we baptized the West in the name of Jesus because the church got together and believed that we could make a difference in the families of our community. But it doesn't stop with the West. We got a phone call last week. Pastor, I see where I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Would you baptize me? I said, well, we have church tonight. He said, I'm not really into that public thing. Would you baptize me in private? I'm like, well, I don't see any scripture forbidding private baptism. Why not? 
So we met here. Thank you, group, for showing up on Thursday at noon. And we baptized Ed. This is the group that showed up. And we baptized Ed. And he went down in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And when he came up out of the water, he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. Why? Because the church got together in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that I don't just go to a church. I go to a Holy Ghost church. I go to a church that we want the Holy Ghost to move in our services. If you're an online guest today, I'm thankful you're here. And you need to be a part of us. But you need to get here too. And you need to be a part of us in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want Jesus to show up in every service. Including our Wednesdays. Remember we said Wednesdays is where our roots grow deeper. But I want to show you, I think I've shown this before too, but I want to show you this root system, special type of tree. You might have seen it before. These are enormous trees. They're the redwood sequoias. Anybody had a chance to drive out and physically see them? If you haven't, it's on my bucket list. I want to go see these trees. In California, the Redwood National Forest, there's a species of trees called the sequoias. They're the oldest and tallest in the world. They grow up to 400 feet tall in the air. And the trunks can be 20 plus feet in diameter. This one shows a literal hollowed out drive. You can drive a vehicle through that. That's how massive these trees are. These giants live from 700 to 2,000 years. And with a treetop that high and a, a trunk that massive, you can only imagine how massive their root system is. They must go down. In order to go up 400 feet, they must go down several hundred feet. So you would think. But they don't. If you know about the redwoods, they only grow five to six feet into the ground. What? And yet, you'll never see redwoods growing alone. They grow in clusters. And what they lack in depth of root... They seek one another out just below the ground. And they intertwine their roots. And they hook up and they link up together. Now this tree has been washed out, but those roots were below ground at one point. But those roots connect. They grow 400 feet, but the root system connects one to another. And I read this and I studied this and what leapt off the pages to me, oh, it didn't say this, but in a spiritual application, I began to think, oh, you can't take a redwood out. You can't take one redwood out. If you're going to take a redwood out, you got to take them all out because they're connected. They're linked up. They're inseparable. You can't disconnect them. You mess with one, you mess with the forest. Ha <laughs> ha. 
And so what one may lack individually, it gains its strength from my brother Sequoia and my sister Redwood over here. And what I may not have in depth, I have from my brothers and sisters. When we come together and we allow ourselves to be connected and linked with one another, that is where we find our strength. You can't link roots watching a video at home. Hear me, church. It's a trick of the enemy. And I'm not saying there's not a benefit to it. We're doing it. We're going to continue to do it. If you're sick and shut in, you can't make it to the house of the Lord. That's why we're doing it. But the video doesn't replace getting to the house of God. It's when you come together that you grow your roots together and you make it through the storms. But if you're all on your own, what are you wrapping your roots around? What are, you, what are you tapping into if you're all alone? You can't make it without a good church. And I'll go one step deeper. You can't make it without the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. He said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. He didn't say, it seemed good to me because I have a position. He didn't say, it seemed good to me because people trust me. Or I have a little bit of clout. Or I I think I'm big enough. He didn't say that. He said, it seemed good to those I'm accountable to. Those I'm submitted to. It seemed good to us. And the Holy Ghost. You know what we need? We need a revival of us and the Holy Ghost. You know what we need in this end time? We don't need fancy preaching. We don't need the best message you've ever heard. We don't need another program. What we need is a revival of us and the Holy Ghost. Us and the Holy Ghost. Hear me, church. In defiance to 2020 and 2021, this preacher rises to this podium to stand against the wave of the enemy that would tell us that it's okay. You're going to make it if you're disconnected. I'm telling you, we need the church and we need the Holy Ghost. And this imperfect church needs imperfect people. Now God's church is not imperfect. His church is holy. But I'm human and so I'm imperfect. His church is holy but we're imperfect. And this imperfect church needs imperfect people. That will come together and link up. And be something greater than what we would be on our own. The sum of our parts, church, is greater. We're greater than the sum of our parts. 
We are greater together than the sum of our parts. So you've been asking God for a breakthrough and a change in your life. It's here. It's here. I told God I would do my best to preach this message. Church, you want that breakthrough in your life? Submit yourself to the body of Christ. I said submit yourself to the body of Christ. You say, what do you mean by that? Get to church when the doors are open. Come to the altar. Pray with one another. Seek God on your own time. Open your Bible on your own time. Pray on your own time. But get together with us. You want to break through in your life? Link up here. It's the root system here that will make you last. And secondly, get in the Holy Ghost. Get in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the most powerful thing that you'll ever have in your life. Not your bank account. Not your career choice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost is the greatest thing in your life. Hands down. It's not even close, church. Why are we making jobs, career, money, relationships, decisions? Why are we making them close seconds if not taking first? There's nothing more important in your life than the Holy Ghost. You ought to thank God that you have a preacher in your life that is willing to say that. You ought to thank God that you're in a church that will preach a message like this. That's not me breaking my arm to pat myself on the back. I'm preaching an okay message at best. But what I am preaching is we're better together and we're better in the Holy Ghost. That's all I got today. That's the best I got today. But when they got together, big things happened. Remember I told you it was 120 that got together on the day of Pentecost. But something happened. It was two guys in a prison that got together and they prayed at midnight. But something happened. Hallelujah. It was two guys headed to prayer when they walked past a lame man. Two guys got together and the lame man jumped up and went around praising God. Remember Peter and John together. It was 5,000 people that got together hungry and they had a miracle feast. Because they got together and Jesus broke it and blessed it and dispersed it. And church, I got news for you. If you think you're going to make it on your own, even when we get up there, it's going to be together. Revelation 7 and 9, and I'll close with this as musicians come. Revelation 7 and 9, the apostle John is caught away in a vision and he says these words. Read it for yourself. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude together, which no man could number, of all the nations and all kindreds and all people and all tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. He said, it can't even be numbered how many got together. We're going to worship over there 
together.